Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry, joined joined today by Paul, and only Paul. We're rolling as a duo, so if we were in a convertible, this this would be a suitable arrangement. Okay? <laughs> if we were riding a motorcycle, you'd be on the motorcycle, and I'd be in the little car, car stretch next to it, type things like Wallace and Gromit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember which uh, which of the Wallace and Gromits would they did, where they did that because I know they had the van. A close shave. One of them as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen all of those. My kids love them. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Paul, if you knew anything about me, you would probably be the one driving the motorcycle, and I would be in the cart with goggles on. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> sitting there, like, holding something tightly. You know, maybe my, my laptop bag or something. Just, <laughs> I need porridge something cannon. for, like, comfort. Do what? Not the porridge cannon. Oh. <laughs> no, you so, oh, the porridge cannon. Do they have the porridge can? Oh, he has it in the Were Rabbit. That's the one. That's yes. the one where he's shooting the porridge cannon. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, we are we are nerds, and that's okay. Uh, so so Paul, um, since this is the the first time we've recorded this, uh, I promise. Uh, so, what have you been doing with your with your Everton downtime? I am just gonna guess that maybe you've just been taking it easy, trying to focus on your career, like some like other kids in their 20s would do, you know, that kind of thing. Is that just a, is that on point, Paul, would you say? Yeah, you've got the, the gist of it. I've just been focusing on, you know, learning and growing, um, getting better at my job, keeping the money rolling in. Try to watch a bit of football where I can. Fortunately, I don't have BT Sports here in England, so I haven't been able to watch much of the European leagues. Um, I have seen the odd cup game i saw newcastle and oxford i think last week that was, a, that was mm-hmm. some fun but i'm i'm at the point now where i'm really craving everton i'm craving carlo fantastico and i want to get really back into supporting my proper team yeah i'm legitimately excited you know uh, andre gomez had that behind closed doors friendly so andre gomez is andre gomes uh he's uh there is a chance that you're telling me there's a chance there's a chance he could actually uh, get a little, get a few minutes in uh, in the Arsenal game. That's a, so. that's a that's a good thing, yeah. I hope so. I've been picturing Andre Gomez kind of like in a laboratory with a kind of like, gentlemen, we can rebuild him type thing. <laughs> I'm just waiting for this like sort of movie trailer, like unveiling like Gomez's return, which like like the old like wrestling promos that they used to have, like when someone would come back. Like Gomez kind of come out of like this, uh, what do they call like big tanks type thing, where all the, the white smoke comes out. Like when nice. the gets failed, and Andre Gomez comes out with that big beam. I can't wait for it. You're almost describing like the big tank that where they created like Green Goblin in like Spider Man, where yes, he kind of breaks the glass and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. great. See, 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 Gomez. I feel like you just look at him. He seems like he was already created, you know, by. Uh, I mean, he's just one of those guys where it, you, if he didn't play for Everton, I'd want to hate him so bad because you're like, 
He's so nice, and he's so good looking, and he's a good. He's good at. He's good at football too. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? It's like everything's perfect. You know, he's just like this is not fair. I'm just some schlub, and that's Andre Gomez. You know, so you, you know, um, you're aware of Ian Holloway, aren't you? The English football manager. Yeah, used to uh, used to manage Palace. Palace Blackpool. Are you, have you heard his famous quote about Cristiano Ronaldo? No. No. Uh, this is really a quote. He said this. He said, "When I look at that guy, I just think there's got to be something the matter. With, there's got to be something wrong with him. Something that's not perfect. He has great hair. He has he's um, a great uh, face. He's great at football. There must be something that's not right. I hope his, he must have a cock like a hamster." <laughs> it's got finished. He said, but saying that. My daughter has a hamster, and that hamster's cock is massive. Oh, my God. What kind of quote is that? That's the craziest thing I've heard. That is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to do with that information, but that is... That's the thing. It's like I'm trying to imagine, like, you meet Andre Gomez. It's like, it's great because you meet Andre Gomez. He's fantastic. But then at that point, it's like exactly that point where you realize in the world how much of a grubby looking little troll that I actually am. <laughs> yeah, if it, we not get dealt the same cards at birth. We, you look at Andre Gomez. That, oh. guy, that guy got some seriously good genetics. Oh man. And he's just just dead sweet. You know? What do you do? You know? Um Okay. I mean he did a hugathon for goodness sake. Are you kidding? Anyway. So, all right. So enough waxing poetic about Andre Gomez for now. For now. Because he'll probably come back, everybody, at some point this season. Uh, hopefully, maybe after this weekend. Um, so we need to explain to all those people who are listening, not viewing, but listening via podcast, uh, what's happening with this particular episode. We're starting off by talking about uh, the right back conundrum moving forward next year, like this summer on, okay? Sidibe and Coleman have obviously been uh, been in place doing their thing this season, um, but we've got an option to buy Sidibe, and uh, John Joe Kenny has been at Schalke, and he's been no slouch over there in Germany. So we get a, we got to have a conversation about, uh, about those three, and, you know, uh, do we want two of those? Do we want one of those? We want none of those. What's what's a smart plan moving forward for right back? Okay, um, have some statistics, but I have a feeling we're just going to be, you know, talking about how uh, what our gut says about all these situations, and sometimes the guts are right. Uh, then we're going to do a little uh, match preview. Arsenal, um, pretty great, and I say great sarcastically. Uh, Arsenal starting to find form right before they play us. Wonderful. But uh, we'll see what happens because you know what we're we're actually you know in pretty decent form ourselves. So we'll see what happens there. And we're going to finish because we are a duo. We are doing. A, I, I I am preparing a lightning round for for Paul. So it'll be a lightning round for Paul. I'll be asking him all sorts of uh, personal questions um, about his uh, outlooks on life, uh, blood type, shoe size, that kind of thing. All right. So. We'll see what happens. If you're interested in Paul, uh, yeah, it's usually, uh, at the very least, good for, uh, you know, some kind of laugh. Because you never know what Paul's going to say. 
Um, he's 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 already uh, suggested a, a very nice establishment in in the Liverpool area for me and my wife to visit next time we're there. Uh, it's a long time. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. I I lit a candle, but it is gone. Paul, see. Okay, if this is your first time listening. Paul suggested a. a... No. They don't need to know what I suggested. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to repeat it. Okay, Paul. Okay. So anyway, it was very, very stylish place, and it doesn't exist anymore. So candles lit, and uh, tears are shed. So uh, we'll see what happens with lightning round coming up. All right. So anyway, we need to talk the right back deal. Okay. Yes. Um. So. Where this got started, why people are talking about this lately, is there's a recent story that came out and said that uh, Ancelotti was uh, had been won over by Sidibe, and he was expected to give the green light for Everton to purchase Sidibe at the end of the season. Um, for those of you who have been living under a rock, um, I would say you got ripped off. Don't buy that that kind of place anymore. All right, uh, we have an option to buy. Sidibe for 13 or tw- between 12 to 13 million. It's about 12.7 million pounds. Um, so, uh, and we're, t- we're talking about a player right now who this season is ninth in the league in tackles. Um, he's got four assists, which makes him like tied for 23rd in the league in assists, which is interesting. Um, just to break it down via uh, per game, 3.6 tackles per game. 1.9 interceptions, 1.2 clearances a game. Compare that to Coleman, 1.4 tackles, 1.1 interceptions, 1.1 clearances a game. And John Joe Kenny in the Bundesliga, 1.5 tackles, 0.8 interceptions, 2.7 clearances a game. Okay? Um, so you don't need me to say most of the stats there, which, let's be honest, those are skewed stats. They don't tell the whole story. I'm just giving you a bite-sized piece here. Uh they do tend to lean towards Sidibe there. And I think if you were picking a starter out of, th- out of the three, Sidibe would be the guy. So, Paul, this is where we need, we need to hear, we need to, the genuine Paul reflection here. Uh, are you in favor of a Sidibe Coleman sequel for next season? Uh, are you in favor of Coleman riding off into the sunset and us using Sidibe or Kenny? Or having Coleman be the only one to return? Or having Sidibe be the only one? Or Kenny the only one? What is your... I mean, there's a lot of different combinations here. Where does your gut tell you to go on this? Coleman being the only one to return? Do what? Oh, not really. What did you <laughs> say? <Not really. laughs> I said Coleman the only one to return. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was kidding. <laughs> um... Sidibe, I think it's nailed on. We're going to buy him, isn't it? The, mm-hmm. Even not everybody is enamoured with him, but for the fee that's getting talked about, how can you not buy him? Thirteen is it thirteen million pounds or thirteen million euros? It's no, it's thirteen. It's between twelve to thirteen million pounds. Uh, still, that's that's nothing um, in modern transfer, um, especially with English clubs. Um, twelve, thirty million pounds. That's what you're paying for an 18 year old now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's nailed on that Sadibi's going to come back next season. Um, 
John Joe Kenny, there's a lot of talk that maybe another year out on loan would, would probably be what's best for him right now. But part of that makes me uneasy. I, I really, I like John Joe Kenny. I liked John Joe Kenny even when he was here last season and he was kind of in and out the side and sometimes he was good, sometimes he was bad. He looked very raw, but I thought there was something there to work with. And I liked the fact that he was an under-23 captain. He's come through the youth academy. I thought he was someone who really the club should look to, look to want to keep hold of and kind of make a, um, a staple in the side going forward. You, obviously, you'd want the likes of him and Tom Davis and um, Kieran Dow. They were the players who were kind of of the same generation, but not all of them are good enough. And I thought of that generation, John Joe Kenny was the one who I probably had the most time for. But one thing that worries me is if John Joe Kenny gets sent out on loan again or he comes back and he's just sat on the bench behind Sadibi, I'm worried that his head's going to go where Adam Ola Luckman's head went and he's going to think, right, I, I have to get on with my career it doesn't look like I'm going to be a starter at Everton anytime soon, and I feel I should be a starter. So, is it time I just make a tough decision and ask to go elsewhere? I, I worry because, about that because John Joe Kenny looks like he's having the time of his life out in Germany. All the interviews I've heard of him, he's talked about what a brilliant experience it is and how he's learning so much. Is he going to want to? Is he going to want to trade that just to come and sit back on Everton's bench? That's my question. Yeah, or is he going to want to, even if he comes back to Everton and let's, fingers crossed this doesn't happen, but let's say he's back at Everton and he's in the lineup every week, but Everton start not going in the direction that we all want them to go in. Like, what if we slide back down again? Mm-hmm. Hope that doesn't happen, but you, you can't rule it out definitely not happening. Maybe he'd think, you know what, I'm, I'm better than this. I enjoyed my time at Chalker more. Schalke are a very big club in Germany, a very well-respected club that is around the European places. I just, I just really worry. And again, it goes back to Germany uh, on loan. Even if it's just a loan, he really thinks, you know what, I love it here. I don't want to go back to Everton no matter what they offer me. So, in ideal world, we'd have to be as the, the number one next season with John Joe Kenny number two. But I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah. Um. First question, going back to something you said about uh, Sidibe being a, kind of uh, done and dusted almost. Uh, you didn't see use the same words, I don't think, but uh, it's pretty much nailed on. I think it's what you said, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it, it looks like that. Uh, yeah. um, so here's a, here's a serious question. Um, just because he is such a good bargain, does that mean, does that mean he should be our starting right back? Serious question because I don't. No. I, that's that's the that's the question because I'm not sure. No, no. I think he's a good player. Good about it. I don't think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. If he was a great player, he let's have it right. He wouldn't be alone at Everton. What would he be? He'd still be in the Champions League with Monaco or something else. So, I think he's a good squad player. We should definitely bring him in, especially if we're going to be in the Europa League next season, like we all hope we are, and we're going to need bodies. You could, I'd certainly prefer to have him than to have you know, some young youth kid mm. who we've never heard of, not John Joe Kenny, someone right. who's just been plucked straight to the under-23s, like some clubs do. Uh, Sadibi, 
the, the, let's just take the fee out of it. I worry about his wages as well. Maybe uh, there are certain club, there are reports that certain clubs have been impressed by him also, mm-hmm. and they are in for it too. Yeah, I've so, heard that too. Yeah, so I, I don't know if this will happen. But let's say in the summer, somebody comes to Sadibe or his agent and says, I don't know, an Inter Milan or an Atletico Madrid or whoever you like. They say, you know what? I know you liked it at Everton. We're impressed with you. We'll offer you X amount a week if you want to come and play for us next season. I don't think Everton should be breaking the bank to bring him in, mm. wage-wise. I don't think Everton should be making him a top earner. And I, not a starter. They shouldn't promise him a starter. A starting berth. If he, hopefully, just has fallen in love with the club and he wants to be here and he's willing to just be a squad player, then I'm all for it. But if he starts making certain demands, I'd have no problem at all if Everton let him go back to Monaco and leave him there. Yeah, I wonder if players making those kind of demands are the type of players that Marcel Brands and Ancelotti even want on the team anyway. You know what I mean? Think about how Ancelotti likes to rotate players so much. I mean, it's not a situation where every player gets every game. He just doesn't believe in that, right? True, but we don't really know what a player's demands are until we get them in the, the boardroom and ask them to sign the You could develop a preconceived notion based on a loan year when you really don't know the player and you don't know what his agent's up to either. That's true. Yep. Well, Kaku was like that, wasn't he? We had him on loan and he loved it and we thought we were going to sign this guy who was going to be here all his life or hoped he would be and then it, it's like he was he, he Five minutes after we apparently signed him, he was already making noises about going somewhere else. Now yeah. he was just a a stopgap. You don't, I, you don't know, do you? Yeah. You'll never know what a player, what a player's demands are until you actually sit him and his agents in a room and you actually start going over a permanent contract, not just alone. Yeah. For all we know, for all we know, Sadibi just views us as a means to an end, and he, just to get himself yeah. back to the window. And he might, and he might. You, you may be right there. I guess my question is. We're at a place, we're at an interesting juncture here as a club, okay? We have Ancelotti as our manager. We have a lot of really good young talent right now, okay? Um, And I get the vibe Ancelotti doesn't want to go out there and splurge and spend a bunch of money on huge stars, right? He wants to buy good players, they don't have to be huge stars, and he wants them to, to develop where we are, right? Um, so the question is, because uh, you brought up something interesting about Kenny as well. Kenny may not want to come back. You know what I mean? If he's looking at the fact that, hey, I, I can start every week in the Bundesliga, you know, he could. So if that's the case, would he not want to do that to possibly come in and be a bench player at Everton? We have no idea, right? Um, I just wonder if just because we can get Sidibe for 13 million pounds, I want to know what the other what the other choices are and how much they cost. You know what I mean? If he's the best bet for money, I'm totally fine with bringing Sidibe in because we know what we have at that point. You know, but if it's a question of a, something a little more unknown for 20 million, do we? But possibly a better player for 25 million. For 30, you know what I mean? Players are expensive now. Good players, consistent players. Uh, and if they're from another league, that could be a risk. And Sidibe's had experience. I don't know the answer to any of these. I just feel like it's a lot of... Uh, it's, it's, it's not the easiest question just to one-off say yes or no. 
You know what I mean? You've got to take his age into consideration as well. Uh, I he's believe 27. he's 27. Yeah, he, yeah he, he's not 21, 22. There's not a lot of time for him to develop and get better. I think if he comes here on a permanent, it's going to be his last big contract. And how many players of that age have we been burnt by over the past few years? They start well and then they just fall off a cliff and then we're stuck with them. And because of their age, we can't get anyone to take them off our hands. It's very... Um... Feast or famine with those kind of players. You know, I mean, look at Idrissa Gay. He's, yeah. he's not, he was not super young when we brought him in. We got him a serious bargain, and uh, he ended up, you know, playing great for us and making us a lot of money. But then you got a player like, yeah. like Sidibe, who he hasn't been playing every game, but he's, been, he's displayed a lot of flexibility as well because he's played some right wing as well. Right? Yeah. So I think Ancelotti likes that too. Um, gosh, man. True. We had Stephen Pienaar back on loan that one year, and he was great for that six months, and he did well enough to convince everybody at the club to bring him back on a permanent. And then when he came back on a permanent, I mean, it wasn't all his fault, and I think he had injuries mount up, but in the end, it was it ended up being a poor piece of business, really, because other than that first six months we had him on loan, we didn't really get much out of him after, in, during his second spell. And... Uh, as I said earlier on, we've signed a lot of players who do well for a, a period and then their form just absolutely spirals and then we regret ever buying them in the first place. Yeah. Like Schneiderlin, Sigurdsson, there's one or two others, Ashley Williams. Mm-hmm. So it's all, about, it's all yeah. about making sure you vet the players, their personalities, injury history, all that. That's how you minimize your risk, right? And how they fit, how they fit with your manager, how they fit with the pieces around them. It's a fascinating question. So, uh, where did you end up landing on this? By Sidibe comes in, and anyone else? I would buy Sidibe, but it just goes back to what I said earlier on. As long as there are no silly demands right. at, at the table, then I'm all for bringing him in. If we agree the the fee with Monaco, the 13 million, and then him and his agent decide to get cute in negotiations, or they try and string us along because they've had other offers then I want the club to just walk away and say, no, you've been here a year. You know whether you want to, whether you believe in this project, whether you want to be here or don't. You either take what we offer you or we go somewhere else. So I'd have no problem with signing him. I'd have absolutely no problem with not signing him. But if I had to come down on one, I think he's probably worth it as a squad player. I'd, I'd bring him in as a squad player, but I wouldn't bring him in as an absolute guaranteed starter. And I wouldn't promise him to be a guaranteed starter. I'd make it clear to him that he is going to have to fight every single training session for that shit. Mm. Uh, since I since this segment requires me to be decisive, I will be. But um, I think you only buy Sidibe if he is the best, the best potential for what you want. So unless if you have what you feel like is a better bet at twenty five million, if you're Everton and you're in a little bit better position and you actually want to start competing on a higher level, you consider making that purchase. You know what I mean? I think, but if you're looking out there at the market and it's not feeling right, and you can get, I mean, Sidibe is a bargain regardless. But you don't buy him because he's a bargain. You buy him because he's the player that you feel like you can afford and that will that you, that you will fill the hole that you need. You know what I mean? You're yeah, about to say something. Those, Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm thinking about it though, is he really a bargain? Because 
he's got no sell-on value because of his age, just as we've just spoke about, haven't we? He's very affordable. Just because something's cheap and affordable doesn't mean it's necessarily a bargain. Because what if, is as I said, his form curtails? And then that's a good question. We're man. Just stuck, yeah, then we're, we're stuck with more dead wood, aren't we? Hopefully not. See, that's a really well, good I question think, because it is around the same cost yeah. that we paid for Neos. That is this about the same amount that we paid for Omar Neos. Just saying, not to bring up that, but. <laughs> Take, take his wages out of it. Take the wages to the side. Sandro Ramirez was a bargain on paper, a four million, and we can't give the guy away. Well, see, that's that's young. see that right there. But that was another problem, though. The reason he was such a bargain, we put him in enormous wages because we got him for like five million, right? Instead, of, I mean, this is at least in thirteen in this market is not much. Okay, it's not much at all. It's it's like yesterday's seven million. You know what I mean? It's just totally different now. Um, so that, that number's a bargain, but if he's on big wages because he's a bargain, that's, that's the way you're right. I think we would have had a lot more success getting rid of Sandro if he wasn't on this enormous contract. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would have worked out better. Um, it's a great question though. Um, I, I mean, I, I think for what he provides, he's someone who now has premier league experience. He now has experience with our club and he has experience with our manager and our players. That right there, add all of that together for thirteen million, and we've been able to sample it. You know what I mean? We we know what we have for the most part. I think it's a better bargain and less risk than any of the other players that we mentioned for like bargain prices. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think my only hesitation and everyone else's hesitation is maybe just his age. And, and that's a good. If that's was, a very valid one. And yeah, I agree. If, if he was twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, I feel a lot better about 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 going for him and hoping that um, things work out. But even if we buy him and he turns out great, how long are we going to get? Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? He's, he's twenty-seven. A fullback still the same players when they're thirty-one, thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Not not many of them. So maybe we'll get a couple of years. But it's clear to everybody that, or it should be clear that John Joe Kenny or someone who is of John Joe Kenny's age, who is not at the club yet, or belong yeah. to him, right. right back Exactly. And see, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons why, if Kenny was, had the attitude for it, that would be my other selection. I would, if Sidibe ends up being the best fit for the money, I would say Sidibe and Kenny, and then do that rotational thing, and kind of see if Kenny's good enough to be, I mean, Kenny, at this point, he may be chiseled enough to and groomed enough to be able to to start, you know, and the, with with Ancelotti like ra- rotating, Kenny would play like every third game, right? If he's second string. But again, I want to make sure I give that caveat. If there's a 23 year old player that we feel like can provide a more consistent uh, defensive and uh, in in terms of is equally good going forward and just is is a is an even better fit i would rather make that call but if that's not out there in the market yeah even if he's not there yet just as long as he's got a big yeah. a big enough upswing yeah, see, as long as the see i have a there, tendency yeah. to kind of uh understand like the fact that like i don't know everything about every club in europe so i just assume that there might be some really 
quality right backs out there that could fit us really well. I just don't, I, I, I don't have a list. You know what I mean? And so I always like to give that, 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 that caveat there. I like to say, say that. It's almost like a disclaimer. Like, I think Sidibe can fit and can do a job for us next season. I do agree with that. And I think we'll miss Coleman's leadership. I do. You know, if he ends up writing off. Um, because he is good one out of every, like, if you, as long as you don't play him every game, he's a good player. And that is the way Ancelotti works. So if we had to move forward with Sidibe and Coleman, I think we'd still be okay. Just saying. All right? I just don't know if okay is good enough. That's the question. All right? All right. I mean, let's be honest. There, there, we, have this, uh, we have this Latin motto that we're supposed to be living up to, and it's not uh, okay is good enough. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a thing. All right. That'd be an interesting little... Uh, Little uh, badge to have to put on the to put on someone's okay is totally fine. <laughs> you know, you got your team crest and it says okay is totally fine. I, I I'd like to see that for some club that's just signing me to mediocre players repeatedly. Maybe an MLS club, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to say one specifically because then I'll potentially have fans jumping down my throat. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out whether okay is, is good enough. Uh, and it could be okay turns out better than okay. So, to be fair, you never know. All right, so that is it for our right back going forward segment. Uh, so we're here, we got a match preview happening, and now-ish. So, uh, Arsenal match is coming up this weekend. Uh, what is in store for us now that Arteta is their manager. We know that guy. We're familiar. Uh, current form, they're 10th in the table. They're, like, right behind us. Uh, they have 34 points. They're 7, 13, and 6. Uh, previous four, or previous, uh, yeah, four matches. They, uh, let's see here, 2-2 two, two, two draw with Chelsea. They beat Bournemouth 2-1 in the FA Cup. They drew 0-0 with Burnley. And recently, their most recent match is a 4-0 win over Newcastle, which I think uh, I'm not completely sure that 4-0 describes the match completely. I think maybe there's a couple of later goals there, but um, regardless, it was, a, it was a good win for Arsenal, and maybe things are starting to uh, take shape for Arteta, which is great now that we're playing them now. Hey, so uh, possible starters, uh, Leno, Bellerin, uh, Mustafi, David Luiz, Saka, Dani Ceballos, who actually played a really well in a previous match, uh, Ganechaka, uh, Pepe, Ozil running in the middle, uh, Aubameyang, and uh, up top, Eddie Nkitia. So, Paul, uh, give me some early thoughts on, on Arsenal in terms of, I don't know if you want to go with lineup, I don't know if you want to go with uh, Arteta, just uh, take this where you want to go, my friend. Arsenal's just they're having a very, very strange season. Uh, mm-hmm. From the outside looking in, you'd say they're having a disastrous season, considering where they are in the table and but and the, sack, the fact they've sacked the manager. But I think in an awful lot of games, they haven't played that badly. I think they've been unlucky a lot of times. How many times have they? 13, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13 draws. 13? That's yeah. crazy. Do you know what I mean? And 
I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched them every single game, but I've watched quite a bit of them um, over the past few months, and I seldom ever remember thinking that they were really, really bad. I, I think they've a lot of those draws, they've deserved to win a lot more of them than they've deserved to lose, so it just seems like they're in a flux completely. They've got an, a new young manager in there. The, um, they've got a lot of players who are very are very, very slowly trying to change their style. I mean, there's a lot of players who still have the Wenger kind of mindset mm-hmm. added into them. There's um, Then they've had Unai Emery for a year and a half trying to put his ideas into them. They clearly rejected that. And now they've got Arteta who knows what his idea is. So they just seem like a very, very confused team with an identity crisis but a team that is not real, not not awful at all. I think they are a team that is well capable of beating a really good team on their day. So, yeah, I, 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 a draw would be a good result for me here personally. I'd, we'll mm-hmm. go into what we think the scores later on but I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, we have to be winning this game. Arsenal are there for the taking. I agree. I, I think... This game is very important for our ambitions to try and get into Europe, but I, 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 I'm not going to confidently predict us beating Arsenal when they've got Aubameyang Young and Lacazette and Xhaka back in the team now with his head fully screwed back on. I just think this is going to be a tough, tough battle. Yeah, I mean it is. I mean they're a good team, uh, and I mean let's let's take a look at the. Match versus uh, Newcastle, uh, they scored four goals in the second half. Four goals in the second half. And one of those uh, had a move, the move leading to the third goal, consisted of 35 passes. And, like, every Arsenal player was involved. Okay? So I feel like if you want insight into what Arteta's trying to do, there's a really good example. Yeah, it's bringing back the old Arsenal magic, isn't it? They still know a few of their old tricks. From where from when Wenger was there, and now Arteta's slowly trying to bring it back. As I said earlier on, you looking at that team, you would not think Unai Emery had been managing that team for a year and a half up until a month or two ago. They just seem to have totally rejected all all of his ideas and what he was trying to implement. Mm. So, as I said, they're just a club who I think are a massive, massive unknown quantity, and a team that is. As are going to turn up and be absolutely brilliant, or they're a team that is just going to everything's going to go wrong for them. They're just a big, big question mark for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a uh, it's pretty valid, and I think it's also hard to say what we're going to do. I think we're equally a question mark. Uh, been in good form, so I want to make sure this video is positive. Because uh, you know we don't want to be accused of being too negative here, even though some videos were. We're predicting two wins and a tie, and it's still too negative. <laughs> but no, I mean, but but I get it. You know, tonally, we just need we do need to acknowledge the fact that Everton have been in pretty good form. All right, I think there's a lot of cautious optimism about that that's in the air right now. It's like we look good. We don't want to get too carried away because not every match is overwhelmingly dominant. We're winning some that we don't fully deserve to win sometimes. And, you know, it's... But the results are starting to kind of go our way a little bit more. And there's... A lot of that is uh, maybe maybe some mentality is shifting. You know, being able to be put in the position to, to finish games off. Um, so, yeah. So... It, uh, 
so let's let's talk lineup because I think recently I, I think this could be an interesting lineup, and I'm not sure is Walcott still injured. I'm not sure, but I assume so. I haven't okay. seen anything. Say, I haven't seen anything saying he's not injured. Put it that way, like I have. I wasn't. I, sh- I wasn't sure, man. I, I I wasn't sure. I know that I have no idea if he's been training, and I know they because we are recording this on a you know earlier in the week uh, that they haven't really had their press conference to talk about it yet. So we'll find out, right? But uh, I'm un- I am assuming that that Walcott is is going to be in- injured and not able to play. But that's the way I'm assuming. So uh, give us give us your starters, man. Um, Pickford in goal, uh, Stevie at right back, Mina and Mason Holgate in the centre, uh, Dean on the left, um, in the middle. Fabian Delft's back, isn't he? It's only a one, um, as much as I don't like him, Fabian Delft, another guy I absolutely don't like at all. I know where you're going with this. Consider the options we've got. Morgan Schneiderlin. Ooh, interesting. Morgan Schneiderlin, yeah. I didn't know uh, where you were going with that. Interesting. Keep going, bud. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the left wing, I would use Bernard. On the right wing, if let's assume in Walcott is injured. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would go with... i try Alex Wobie. On the right? On the right. And... On the right, yeah. And up top, I'd have Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Hard to argue with those strikers right now. I don't I don't think you can really do anything else up top right now. Um, mine differs from yours uh, a bit. Um, only uh, when you got to that stumbling block, when you said Walcott out and you paused, that's where, I mean, I was sitting there just writing all the names down. And then I got to that and I wrote down Walcott. I'm like, wait... All right, so if he's hurt, I feel like we'll see Sidibe coming in at right wing. All right, um, I feel like he just, that's what Ancelotti has been doing lately. Uh, I worry about doing that. I worry about Coleman starting at right back uh, against a team with some pretty quick wingers. But I do. I, I totally do. I, I worry about it. I just think that's what, uh, this is what Carlo's going to do. Um Pickford, Coleman, Holgate, Mina, Dean. I've got Sigurdsson in there with Delph uh, just because I, I wasn't sure how. Uh, it's strange. It's strange. Uh, I worry that neither one of those is particularly defensive enough. So having Schneiderlin in there, I think you make a good pick by saying Schneiderlin in there because I'm a little concerned that uh, neither Sig- Delph is probably the more defensive of the two. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like you need somebody who's actually going to uh, kind of uh, shield the back four a bit. I don't know. Who, yeah. Uh, that's why I don't... We're going to need a sitter. Huh? We're going to need a sitter, I think. Just a guy who doesn't cross the halfway line hardly and he's going to stay in front of the back four mm-hmm. and he's just going to mop up all the loose balls. I think I think you pro- you're probably going to be right that it is going to be Schneiderlin. But I'm going to say this because I don't want to waffle. That's my job. <laughs> uh, uh, so I've got Sigurdsson and Delph, although that's probably going to be wrong. I've got uh, I wasn't sure between a, a Bernard or a Wobie, um because I feel like I think you could see either one 
popping up here for Carlo because he likes those wings to cut in so much. And I, th- I actually think Iwobi does well cutting inside. Uh, I do. But, but I, I think Bernard also has, has proven that he can do that too, to be fair. So um, I'm going to go with Bernard just because I think he didn't start the last one. So there you go. Uh, I think that's right. Is that right? No, he did, didn't he? Did he? Uh, did against he? Crystal Palace? Sure he did. Yeah. I was there. Oh. <laughs> serious though, I don't I, I wouldn't I don't fully remember, but I'm I'm pretty sure he did. I think you're right. I think he did start. If, you know what? I'm just, if, I'm he just... Did, if he didn't, then just make fun of us in the comments. Yeah, yeah, do that. It'll be okay. I mean I'll cry for Fortnite, but it'll be alright. Um so Bernard. I'm gonna say Bernard just because uh no, I don't even have a reason now. Just Bernard, yeah. Uh uh, and then uh, CDB on the other side and DCL uh, Richarlison. That's it. Um, I'm trying to think about uh, about Arsenal and which player between Iwobi or Bernard would work better uh, against Arsenal coming in from that side because from that side you've got Bellerin. Okay, I play both on each on each side coming mm-hmm. in, not as. Not as conventional wingers, I wouldn't play them like that. I'd just play them as what Bernard's kind of been doing. Yeah, so they're kind of like wide number tens, aren't they? They just kind of buzz around in that, yeah. you know, that final thirty-five yards of the pitch, sort yeah. of thing. Or they get get the ball in their own half and they carry it upwards. I don't think going down the line and whipping balls in, even though Calvert Lewin's good in the air, is where we're going to get much joy. I, and, and plus, I we rely on our we rely on our outside backs to do that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our our wingers usually cut in a little bit more rather than serving balls in, which gives us that threat down the middle that we were lacking for years, yes. like plural years, because we were always yeah. perpetually, perennially the team that whips balls in from the wing, and just the other teams can just stack a bunch of people in the middle and just clear it out. Um, but that's not a th- the case anymore, which is cool. Um, so yeah, uh, so we could see Bernard on one side and Wobie on the other, just because they both do tend to do that well. Um, one thing to think about is the fact that I don't know how forward Coleman's going to be trying to get if he does play right back. Uh, but if Sidibe's on the right, I think he'll feel a little braver about being able to get back uh, defensively, because I, I just. I worry. I just worry about Coleman lately. I just do. So, anyway. Although, you know, we are talking about a player who's been he's played a lot of big games. So, something. Yeah, something well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Say what you were going to say, and then I was going to say something else. I was just going to say, yeah, Seamus Coleman's played in a lot of big games, but I can't think of any many, many recent examples where he's played well in big games. That's fair. It's really fair. It's I don't mean to be harsh, but age is getting up, is catching up to him, and it's a very big pitch. The Emirates. I just, I, I really think Coleman would be left in the dust if we play him. Mm. And I, I think that's very fair. Uh, and to be honest with you, I'm just, I'm trying to think about Carlo's record and how he starts players. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think about yeah. certain situations. Um, uh, one of the things we haven't mentioned is Iwobi uh, is. A former Arsenal player, um, and he's familiar with the op- opposition, very familiar, and he's played on that pitch a lot. So, I do believe that it will be is going to get some run time, and I'm I'm actually wondering if it will be would start over Bernard now, having thought of that. 
So unless you go with I Paul and then you run with both, which you could. I really want to see Awobi have a good game if he plays. Because I think if there, was, if there was ever a game for Awobi to really announce himself as an Everton player and get everybody on side, it's this that's, game. That's that's yeah, yeah. That's that's I, good. I like, I like I, that, Paul. Yeah, I like Awobi, but an awful lot of people don't like Awobi. If you read Twitter, a lot of people say he was a stupid buy or he's not going to fit into Carlo's system. I think if Awobi wants to stick around long term and really get people on his side, then this is the game to start making believers out of people. And if he can't make believers out of people in this game, if he plays and he gets a fair opportunity, then then I really won't worry for him. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is a weird one because the stuff that I feel like Carlo is going to do doesn't match what I would do. You know what I mean? So, because you're st- saying a lot of the stuff that I would want to do, but that kind of disagrees with what I feel like Carlo has done in the past. It's a strange one. It's a really strange one, and it would help if Walcott was healthy. That would kind of solve some of the questions. I, I wouldn't try Walcott even if he was. Really? I, I, I would go with a Wolby anyway. O, over Walcott? Walcott's, Carlo, again, Carlo likes Walcott. to play players where they play, though. You know what I mean? Like He hasn't played Richarlison on the right at all. He's only played Richarlison at striker and on the left. Carlo really says, this is your position. And, and this is your side. You know what I mean? Like The only player I've seen him playing kind of out of position has been Sidibe. You know, playing that right wing. And that has actually, I think uh, he's been doing that when he feels like we need a little bit more assurance on the right side. Um, especially, And we usually do need more assurance on the right, right side if Coleman's playing. You know what yeah. I mean? That's why, it's, that's why it's just a strange thing to figure out. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be kind of psyched to, to, see the, to see the starters. Um, Cause, just because I feel like this is good, this is a good conversation, uh, trying to predict this, uh, yeah, because everything you're saying, Paul, makes sense to me, my friend. Yes. Um, prediction. What's the score going to be, man? I'll go over two-two. And I am only slightly more boring at saying it'll be one-one. <laughs> So yeah, a couple of couple of draws. I don't I don't see that as being um, negative predictions, um, especially against. Uh, we've got it's away. When's the last time we won at the Emirates? I don't think we've ever won away at the Emirates since it opened. There you go. Sh- sh- we've come, come close a couple of times yep. and sh- should have won there, but yep. no, I, it's been open since two thousand five. I don't think we've won a single game there. So. Uh, as excited as I am every single time we we play there, because I keep thinking this is gonna be the year. Um, right now, I feel like Arsenal are in starting to round into form, starting to have some belief in what their manager is bringing to the table. Um, and I feel like we might see. Uh, I'll be really curious to see how attacking we go on this. You know what I mean? Like I I wonder if we're gonna be conceding a lot of possession in this one and trying to work on the counter because I feel like Arteta is going to be trying to possess the ball a lot. You know what I mean? So Yeah. So, yeah, which I think is going to leave us with not a ton of chances. But really love for it to not be the case. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we can see a couple of draws here. Both of us can see draws. So we'll see what happens. Um Right, yeah. I mean, if this was if this was uh, three weeks ago, I would predict a win here. I'm just saying. 
all right? But I think we have... I, uh, here's a question. Are we respecting Arsenal as an entity too much here? Just because of the, their, their history? Is that what we're doing? I don't, I don't think so. It goes back to what I said earlier on. I, I think a lot of people are... A lot of people think they're worse than what they really are, mm. at least in my opinion. I don't think that they are in as bad a state as their place in the table suggests because I know they were in the bottom half mm. until that last result against um, Newcastle. But look at the amount of games they've drawn. Yeah. They've lost less They've lost less games than us. I think they've lost less games than... I'm right in saying they've lost less games than Chelsea. Mm. I think, really? Well, maybe they've lost the same amount as Chelsea. I might be wrong there, but there's, there's no, what I'm saying is there's not a lot in it between them and the teams that are right up the top, like Tottenham, Chelsea, right. uh, uh, Man United. I, I, I personally think they're a better side than Man United. And Man United are in the top four now, aren't they? After beating Chelsea mm. last night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're, so, I don't know. I don't know. Are they top four or are they really close? Really close. I think they're really close. I think. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, Arsenal are not a team that are there for the taking at all. They're not as good as they were historically. They are. They've got some problems. They've got some weaknesses that teams can exploit, but they still pack a really heavy punch mm-hmm. if you let them land on you to use boxing freeze. So, no, I, I I think respecting Arsenal is the right way to go here. Okay. All right. So that's it for our match preview. We're we're picking uh we're picking a draw this weekend. We'll see what happens. Uh, uh, I think uh, hopeful of more. I mean, I feel like we go into matches with Carlo right now, and I feel like uh, anything's possible every match. That's a good feeling. I like that. Insert crack of thunder. Yes, yes, it's a lightning round, and because we can't give you lightning through your ears, we have to give you the sound, which is thunder. I can teach you about weather anytime you need. Uh, so what we've got here is a lightning round. We are wrapping up the show because, uh, you know, it's just it's just me and Paul now. Uh, it was going to be a quiz if it was going to be Paul and someone else, but it is now just me and Paul, so we are doing the lightning round. If, you, if you're unfamiliar with lightning round, where have you been, first of all? Actually, to be honest with you, it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, essentially the way it normally goes is I develop 20 random questions. Uh, they can be about anything. And I ask whoever is on the show these 20 questions and we learn a lot about, about their, uh, their preferences in life and, uh, the way they, they like to do things. Uh, I've done this with Paul a couple of times now, I believe. Um, and, uh, we decided to do another one, except this time Paul's like, I want to ask questions too. So <laughs> so I've got 10 questions for Paul, and then he's going to ask me 10. And uh, if any conversation comes up because of this, then hey, there you go. All right. So, Paul, you want to ask your questions first or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go first. That's fine. I'll, I'll put you on the spot first, Jerry, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, that works. So uh, I get be, let's begin the intense uh, quiz music. And Paul, whenever you're ready, brother. Right. Ten lightning round questions, Jerry. First one: How old were you when you went to your first gig, and who did you go and see? Oh, this is embarrassing. Uh, 
I was uh, 16 or 17 years old, and it was a local bar called Ziggy's, which doesn't exist anymore. And it was a band called Vertical Horizon, and I didn't even like them. I just went there, to hoping there would be girls there. <laughs> I didn't even like the band. It was. I was just, I was just with the people I went went, and I was just like, okay, let's go. So yeah. Anyway, this is the worst story. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Uh, question two: favorite vacation, a vacation you've been on, and you'd love to try, you'd love to do it again. Um, I'm gonna say Chicago. Chicago was really fun. Um, me and my wife went there for one of our anniversaries. Went there and uh, basically went did uh, got to Second City to see a show. Um, we went to a play at uh, the uh, gosh, there's this really amazing theater there. Uh, it's just really good for theater, really good food town. It just the vibe really really worked really well for me and the wife. It's just a it's just a cool place, man. The city, I'd love to go there. Yeah, yeah. I, the weather is really what you just mentioned is the one thing that would be tough about living there. Would be weather conditions, but you're from England, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I walked home with icicle rain. I, I went yeah. to Chicago. Um, <laughs> right, question three: um, How old were you when you first started wearing glasses, Jerry? You had to wear them day to day. Thirty-one, I think thirty-one or thirty-two. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was basically like. The eyes just started gradually wearing down, and it's just like a—it wasn't even that. The first time I had them, they weren't that significant. It was just like if you were had a lens, just a little, slight turn to be able to see things far off when I'm driving. Yeah, your eyes kind of can't adjust back to not wearing them anymore. Totally true. It's made my eyes worse, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Um, question four: If you were a player, what do you think your position would realistically be? Um. I, when I was a player, I was a. Let's see here. The, the highest level I played when I played at university or college, whatever you want to call it, uh, I played wing and striker. But I think I was more of a winger at that time, just because of my work rate going up and down the pitch. I think that's probably. Uh, I didn't become like a smarter player until later on, being older. So I don't think I was uh, cerebral enough of a player to be a center mid. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think more of a more of a winger. I was more just like a crazy legs guy, work rate guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you were Theo Walcott. You were a kind of a, yes. wide, a wide forward who wanted to be a striker, but so Theo have, Walcott. Yeah, that is the greatest example. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I like it because yeah. I didn't have the the build for it either. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold people off. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Question five. Snow, yay or nay? Are you a fan I of snow, y- or do you hate it? I say yay. My wife is nay. I'm a big snow guy. It's something magical about it. Now, being snowed in for a week after a while, you're, you, you know what I mean. I, I become more of a nay guy, but it's just for me, it's a special time, man. I can't help it. I really can't help it. I love it. Love the snow. Yeah. Right. Uh, question six. You were once a high school teacher. What is the longest detention? That you ever gave out to a student. So, how long did you? What is the longest amount of time a student ever got put detention for by yourself? Got to be honest. I don't know if I ever put anybody in detention. Oh no, you, you lied. No, I'm you... serious. I'm serious. Uh, I, I 
just it just didn't have I, I I didn't have the need to do a whole lot of like discipline you know what I mean like for some reason I caught I, I taught ninth grade English and creative writing and uh, for the most part everybody was like super respectful um, like they they were like like I was a young guy at the time I was like 23 when I was a high school teacher yeah. so it's like they they called me by my last name and it was really chill uh, but I never had to flat out say get out of my class really you know what I mean yeah, so you were kind of like the teacher who you hang up, hang around with after school and smoke weed with type things. Okay, that didn't happen, but they did come <laughs> around and hang out, hang out in my classroom like during lunch and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was I was young and I still I guess at that time I still understood how they thought, but I did not do the other thing you yeah, said. I'm just. <laughs> Most teachers are the best. Most schools have at least one teacher who's like that, who all the, all the pupils like. Um, right, question seven. Penalty shootout, your team. Do you put your hands up and volunteer to be one of the first five takers? Be honest, in would hi- you? In high school, I said yes, because I made every penalty I ever took in high school until the last one. So... I think in the past I would have I went through a stage where I would have said yes and then I went through a long like a decade after that where I would have said no I'm at the point now where I say yes again just because I'm trying to change my mentality about the way I out my outlook on life and just being able to look at it and say you know what I've got a system when I take a PK or PK take a penalty and uh, I feel like I'm going to make it most of the time if I'm honest so yeah I, I, I do raise my hand to do it now but ten years ago, when my or five years ago, when my confidence was lower, I wouldn't have. No. I wouldn't have done it. Very honest. Yeah. Question eight: Most famous person you've ever met? I almost have the exact same question. <laughs> oh. um, I can go. I can go a lot of different ways here because I went to film school, right? So I actually got to meet a decent amount of like. You know, actors and well, I mean, one of my—I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter Bogdanovich, but he was my professor for two years. He, me, and I was in a classroom with like ten other people and him. Okay, and I'm every single day I'm going in there and he's teaching us shot by shot, last picture show. Okay, or he had a whole class on Orson Welles and he knew Orson Welles. Okay, he's got a book about how they used to live together. Are you kidding me? That's insane. That's awesome. And he was in, he was just like right over there, like in my class, like, you know. And I got to, t- and he would always like see me go, "How's your wife?" You know, it was just so. Peter Bogdanovich is is my my knee jerk re- reaction, but I've gotten to meet some other cool people who are way, you know, more interesting than myself. Quick <laughs> side note: that movie that Awesome Wells took about forty years to make is on Netflix now. Uh, Other side of the wind. Yes. Yeah, that one like other people uh, like helped him like complete it because you know he's dead. But uh, yeah, they they like helped yeah. like, piece it together. Basically, yeah, he made the movie kind of on and off from like nineteen early nineteen seventies until his death, and it's taken about twenty years post his death for the movie to finally be completed and to be yeah. east for viewing. So that's that. For anyone who's interested in movies, that's I think it's got the record as the longest movie ever in production before release. There is a, an accompanying documentary on Netflix as well. I think it's like "They'll Love Me When I'm Dead." Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. So good, good stuff for for the the film nerds. <laughs> yep. Um, question nine: 
something you've never done that you're a little bit embarrassed about. So, not, you know, nothing over the top, just something that you always hear other people say, I've, I did this, I've done that, and you think, you know what, I've, I've never tried that, I need to do that one day. Go to a soccer match doesn't count. See, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that. I was going to be like, go to Goodison, man. That's the easy answer. Uh, Let's see here. I've never left the country. Oh, really? I've never left the country, embarrassingly. I am embarrassed of that because I badly want to. And I didn't have that desire when I was younger. And, uh, and like, you know, I never really considered it a priority. And then I got married and had kids. And all of a sudden, I'm like, gosh, I want to go everywhere. And I and I, I can't afford it. <laughs> it's just the way well, it is. Yeah, it's, it's harder being. Old. I mean, if we want to travel anywhere in Europe, we can kind of get there in six, seven hours at the most. Type thing on a plane. Type mm-hmm. thing. Whereas you know, it's it's a twenty-four hour flight, isn't it, for you to really get anywhere you want to go? Mm-hmm. So, um, right. And f- final question number ten: celebrity crush. I don't know if I have one. I, I seriously, I haven't thought that through your wife's not Stan Jerry come on hey no that's the thing though it's like I I genuinely like gosh okay what is her uh, let's see here I really like let's see here okay have you ever seen Penny Dreadful I think so there's things are there's a, a very, like, awesome lady in that. <laughs> I don't know her name. I, that's the thing. That's how, like, that's how little I put, like, thought I put into this stuff. I just remember watching that show and being like, wow, she's, she's weird hot, you know? <laughs> you know? And I don't think it's weird hot because I think she's, I think everybody would find her hot. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's weird how certain personality types kind of... Uh, link and, yeah just kind of you know so uh, I feel like she may be French I'm not sure um, hold on I'm going to look it up so I can give you a legit answer alright because I, I want to be honest oh no Jerry if you search her now and she doesn't look like how you remember that's going to be the most soul crushing thing in the world like, be... I, I, I had a crush on that See, and that's the thing. Crush is an interesting word. Like, I, her name is Eva or Ava Green. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, she was born in Paris. She's only two years younger than me. Just saying. So, yeah. Eva Green. Yeah. So, yeah. Eva Green is the correct is the answer there. So, yeah. But. I usually don't, me and my wife are the kind of people where we don't talk about, like, other hot people in front of each other, just out of respect for each other, just to not hurt each other's feelings. That's why that particular question was actually really hard, because I don't even think about that stuff. You know what I mean? Isn't that weird? But, yeah, she's a she's a good one. I'm proud to say that one, because she seems like a pretty classy lady. She, I know I've read interviews with her. She's pretty smart. You know, that's a good one. I'm cool with that. I'm still not going to be talking to my wife about it. <laughs> Have you... Have you seen the... Are you, are you aware of a comedian called Peter Kay? 
I think you have you talked to me about Peter Gabriel. Uh, he's yeah, he's a he's a very famous comedian in England, and he um, was part of this like advertisement campaign where he was kind of like in a series of adverts for a company, yeah, for an alcohol company. And there's one of them where he's kind of sat at, like in a restaurant with his wife and his like uh, wife's friends type thing, uh-huh. and they're playing a game. Oh, like. If you, if I could let you sleep with one other person, who would it be? Blah 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 blah. And he's like, oh no no, I I I love you. There's nobody. I, and no, come on, I won't get angry. I won't get angry. And he stops for a moment and he says, all right, if I have to pick one, Claire from work. <laughs> the look his wife gives him, type thing. It's one of one of these like quirky one-liner yeah. adverts. And all of a sudden, they're like. Like the screen cuts, and then it's just the name of the um, the, yeah. the lager that's getting cut. That's great. <laughs> I think the tagline was the lager you drink with your friends, not with your wife. Type. That's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like I've, oh, yeah. I've heard of something similar to that. That seems familiar. That's great. Yeah, no yeah. way. No way would you find Jerry doing that. No way. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, so you dug deep there, Paul. I, I don't know if I'm digging that deep in these. We'll see. This is a little. You were kind of getting into my into my soul there. I'm not sure if I, I, I this is evidenced by even the first question here. So, transitioning from my ridiculous answers, and we are going to uh, Paulinho here. All right, so let's let's begin. I guess continue the intense music. Uh, Paul, what's your favorite type of juice? Black currant. Black currant. You started with something I've never had before. All right, uh, I'm serious. I've never. You call you call it grape. <laughs> oh really? See, there you, I've had grape juice. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, so. A joke. So we. I want that stuff. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like I. Pop this up. So. Yeah, cut all that out, whoever. All right, so, which cinematic universe would you want to live in, Marvel, or Game of Thrones? That's hard because uh, Marvel looks like it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be great to have superpowers and to basically just beat up bad people. But Game of Thrones, I'd probably get a lot of sex and eat a lot of great food and drink a lot of wine. But then you've got to balance that with the fact that I'm probably going to die in a horrific way. Get my head cut off. Everyone dies in a horrific way. I'm going to get my head cut off and put on a pike or I'm going to get burnt alive by a dragon. Mm, It's hard. I think I'll go with Game of Thrones. Live fast, die young. All right. That is not the one I thought you'd go with. Interesting. I like it. Um, Question three. Sports car, four-door sedan, or SUV? Which one is Paul? I'm not really a car guy in in general, but I'd probably go with an SUV. I I, I like cars that are, you know, kind of big status cars. Mm. If I'm driving a car, look important. Guys in big cars, always look important. All right, I'm forcing you to make a choice here. Although I'm not sure if you're you watch this at all ever. What's your favorite MLS team? Uh, you know what? Let me just be an absolute awesome. Let me just say LA Galaxy because oh, they are. But you know, yeah, they're pretty much like the establishment team, aren't they? I think. Now they're what Bayern yeah. is to Germany. Right. I think you could you could make a little bit of that argument. I don't know. I don't know if there's as much of an establishment 
team anymore because they're not they're not you know head and shoulders above everybody else. You know what I mean? They're kind of like the the Hollywood team type thing, aren't they? Like, they are. Yeah. They are. But now that there's another team in LA as well, who you know a lot of team people are picking LA LAFC because they got you know Bradley's their manager. And but I will say LA Galaxy just signed Chicharito, dude. Yeah, and Slatan's not long been there, and they had, of course, Captain America, Landon Donovan, so... Nah. We'll forgive them for having Steven Gerrard, but I'd probably go with Valley Galaxy. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, I have to... Uh, I've liked the Sounders in the past, but now that North Carolina and Charlotte is getting a team next year, uh, I gotta say that's gonna be my team, right? This is the way it is. I'm supposed to support my local, eh? So, uh, it, but it's non-existent yet, so we'll see. Um, Paul, what's the best kids movie? Um, I like a lot of Disney films, like Disney Renaissance movies. I don't, I don't. It's basically Disney movies from like, you know, the 80s and 90s. Where yeah. really popular. Kids movie. Hercules. I like Hercules, the, the Disney yeah, Hercules. I saw that in the theater. I remember that. I saw it in the theater as an adult. <laughs> I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, what's the last book you read? <laughs> it's a bit grim. Um, the last book I read was a book about a famous Nazi who went on the run. Um, and, like, the hunt for him over, like, 40 years. Um, wow. Yeah, Josef Mengele is his name. He's basically mm-hmm. the Nazi who was the chief doctor at Auschwitz when it was a concentration camp, and he basically committed some unspeakable crimes against people. And then when the war ended, he went on the run to South America, and there were basically 35, 40 years worth of people trying to track him down, lots of appeals, lots of, you know private investigators um, mm-hmm. Mossad who are basically Jerusalem's FBI they spent a lot of time and resources trying to find him and it was only after he died that they finally caught up to him and it's his kind of life story was kind of revealed but whilst he was alive from basically 1945 to 1979 and he was on the run he was basically this one big mystery like the world's most wanted mm-hmm. type thing of the era so I was just finishing oh. all that that is fascinating man yeah, I didn't know. I'm not sure if I knew you were like hardcore history buff. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I love history. Yeah, that's that's see the layers of Paul. You like you're like an onion. Olga's if you're gonna the- quote Shrek. <laughs> is that did you get did you literally just quote yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, good. 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 I I didn't know why I felt the need to, uh, you know, explain that joke. But hey, there it is. All right. So next, uh, you, you got to pick one to to continue existing. All of the Sopranos series, or all of the other gangster films. Which one would you prefer if you had to choose one? Sopranos uh, series or like Goodfellas, Godfather, and all that stuff. You know, you can't do away with Godfather or Goodfellas, can you? It's not fair. I do like The Sopranos, though. The, the wit on that show was amazing. One, one of the greatest lines in that, and I'm, I'm really dying to use it in real life. Uh, I don't think I can. It's, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit snarky. But there's a kind of a sit-down scene, and he goes, mm-hmm. uh, where Paulie says to Ralph, 
Raul turns up late for the sit down and his rival Paulie kind of goes you're late like in a really snarling type of voice and he goes well tomorrow I'll be on time but you'll be stupid forever yeah and I've heard it's just I, completely I, put in his place type thing I, I really want to use that but I'm probably going to get a broken jaw if I use that on somebody so I've heard variations of a very similar type of line before but yeah that's that's terrific <laughs> Uh, so number eight, if you got if you get sick, okay, let's say you get sick with a cold, what's your miracle miracle cure? Right? Do you have certain drinks that you like to take, certain medicines, certain foods? What's your what's your Paul's get well kit? Uh, bacon. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> Just greasy bacon. Eat greasy bacon. Crazy. <laughs> See, I don't know if you're serious right now. Oh, I am serious. I'm 100% serious. <laughs> when I'm hungover or when I'm just basically, when I've got stuff that needs to come out, bacon is the perfect thing to kind of settle my, settle my ingestion, digestion. Wow. That love- is not what I was expecting. I was expecting to hear like Gatorade or like, you know, ginger ale, something like that, you know, soup. Paul just bacon, bacon bombs on me. There you go. All right, so, number nine. Which member of Friends, the show Friends, would be most compatible with Paul on a date? On a date? Yeah. Uh, Phoebe. Phoebe doesn't yeah. take herself seriously. Phoebe's, Phoebe looks like you'd have a, a good time with Phoebe. She'd make you laugh. And even if, you know, even if it didn't really pan out, Phoebe's the type of person who you'd like to stay friends with, I think. So, yeah. yeah you have to make sure it's... You, you have to make sure it's actually Phoebe, though, and not Ursula. That's the problem. Yeah, Rachel's too. Rachel's too. Um, yeah, she's too demanding, and Monica's would just grate on you with her OCDs. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the other three guys have got the plus and negatives too, but it's it's an absolute Phoebe. Gotcha with you. All right. So last last is the question that you asked me. What's the biggest celebrity that you've met? Um, I'm going to reveal my inner nerd now. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, I went to go and see. Are you aware of who the Click are in professional wrestling? I know a little bit about professional wrestling, but I don't know the Click. But basically, the Click are a group of guys who. Um, uh, were friends. They were, they played kind of characters, and they were friends behind the scenes. And basically, whenever they kind of go to do autograph sessions, they always come as a group type thing. Uh, I went to go and meet them, and I basically met Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And uh, oh, I know who Kevin Nash is, and I think I know who Scott Hall Kevin is. Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash was the guy I wanted to see most of all of those three. He's probably the biggest name. So I would say the professional wrestler Kevin Nash. And I got a big laugh out of Kevin Nash, and so did Terry. Terry was there too, but I'm not going to spill the beans on that. You'll have to ask Terry why Kevin okay. Nash basically put Terry in his place in front of a room full of people. You can. <laughs> oh Let's my gosh! If, Let's see if Terry has the guts to come clean and tell you why. So, so when I said the biggest celebrity, you didn't have to pick the literal biggest celebrity that you've ever met. <laughs> yeah. He's a big lad, isn't he? He's about six yeah. foot ten. He's enormous. Yeah, I mean, doesn't in the, the didn't they, don't they call him Big Sexy? Big Sexy, uh, Big Daddy Cool, Diesel, 
Kevin Nash, he was an absolutely brilliant guy. Wow. Really cool. Guy. Good, good. You want you want those kind of folks that you you sit there and watch on a regular basis. You you want the whole uh, meet your heroes thing to be okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Very cool. All right. Well, that's the end of the lightning round, folks. Yay! So, Paul, we need to to come up with a song. No one won the quiz because we we both were winners. Uh, in being honest. So, uh, but Paul, give us a, give us a track to close out the show to, and why? Uh, song I really like, um, and I think it, it's quite appropriate considering that we've had to go without Everton over the past week. Um, Love really hurts without you, by Billy Ocean. Love really hurts without you, by Billy Ocean. Now, immediately, I think Billy Ocean. What do I think of? You asking me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you knew like the the most popular song. I think uh, that people... really. See, I think uh, I think it's Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen. Yeah, that's another famous one. Um... That's the one I know like immediately. I'm not sure if I know the other one, but I'm I... sure if I played it, I'd be like, oh, that. I'm a bit quirky in the sense that I tend to remember songs that I've heard in movies rather than just you know famous artists type thing fair enough yeah I I, my playlist is is made up of songs that I've heard on TV shows or in films or Mm -hmm. one day randomly on the radio type thing I don't kind of have like just a block of songs by one particular artist that I just listen to his album or her album yeah type thing Um, I heard this song off a movie I watched fairly recently which is you know a, a, a uh, one of these like typical, you know, like dark comedies made by made in Britain, um, called Filth. It's got uh, it's uh, what's he called? The, the Scottish actor. He plays um, Charles Xavier in the new X Men movies. It's James McAvoy. Oh. That's it. Oh yeah. Yes, J- James McAvoy basically plays a um, police detective who is kind of got a lot of things going on in the background of his life type thing right. and it's got a lot going on at work and if, in case you don't know filth is a derogatory term used to describe police by certain people in this country but I didn't know that actually yes yes and he is and it's it's, it's a double entendre he, he's basically it's implied he's filth because he's police and he's filth because he's kind of just a very mixed up guy a lot of who does a lot of gotcha. mixed things so, so wordplay is that what you're saying wordplay yes so I, nice. I watched that recently, and that film kind of fades out with this song playing over the top of it um, and the credits. <laughs> is it used like genuinely, or is it used sort of ironically? The song. Ironically. It's used ironically. I won't give away the ending, but like the that's the ending is very kind of like doesn't ma- it doesn't match the kind of happy feel that that song has. I think. Good, good. It's, yeah, I... it's every bit. It's every bit a dark comedy type thing, like. I'm a huge fan of when the juxtaposition of feeling, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of times in uh, the movie Office Space with their, like, hardcore rap from the 90s that they would bring in, and it's perfect, and it, it makes no sense, and I love it. It's so good. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, you're kind of making me want to see that movie now. Fantastic. Uh, all right, well, then, I guess... As you're played out to uh, Billy Ocean, it's time to end the Toffee Blues podcast. So, uh, Paul, thanks so much, man. Good stuff. Appreciate your candor. Because that's the uh, 
I feel like that's what should always follow lightning rounds, which this wasn't even really a lightning round. We had like stories inter intermingled. This was sort <laughs> of like just uh, more of a, I don't know, slow jams round. It was just more uh, easy questions, talking through it. Hey, there you go. Stories involved. All right. So uh, anyway, if you've been listening to the podcast, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, thanks so much. If for some reason you're like, hey, I want to picture what it was like for Paul standing beside Kevin Nash. Uh, watch our YouTube channel. You can see what Paul looks like. All right? That's, it's, it's really the reason to watch YouTube channels to see the faces, right? Um, also, if you like your segments a little more condensed, YouTube channel has these segments broken up, and there's additional content that doesn't come on our podcast. Uh, so please check that out whenever you can. Uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel is what I'm saying. Uh, if you want more Paul... Paul has a lot of uh, content that shows up on the Toffee Blues website, uh, all Everton-based stuff. Uh, it's a lot of Everton analysis. So you can check out his Twitter details. They should be below. Uh, check that out. And he also just says a lot of life stuff on there. Yeah. Have a conversation with Paul That's what I'm saying. Um, so check that out. Um, uh, the Toffee Blues website in general, uh, a lot of Everton content on there, all things Everton all the time, uh, follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, I have nothing to plug for myself yet, but soon, I am told. Soon. Question mark. What is he talking about? We'll find out. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Paul, thanks so much, man. Appreciate your time. You too. All right, brother. Have a good one. And everybody else out there, let's, uh, let's hope uh, Blues give us good performance this weekend. Much love. Have a good one. Bye.